Welcome to SportsCars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. Sports Court Time. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopic, joined by nationally recognized legal analyst Lester Munson from ESPN. Sports Court, of course, brought your way by my great friends, John Coyne and American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. Lester, um, the death of Dave Dewerson has sparked uh, a furor amongst uh, the media, amongst uh, Joe Fan. Can you visualize a scenario in which a congressman may come forth with a bill uh, seeking legislation wherein uh, there might be a minimum age in which individuals can play football? I mean, for example, could you see an end to peewee football where uh, some congressman might try to pitch the concept of no football period until the age of 14 or 15? I can easily see that happening. Uh, Dewerson, his suicide and the way he did it and the note that he left uh, have put head injuries back on the front page. The New York Times, incredibly, has now had this issue on the front page for three consecutive days as we are taping this podcast. It's, uh, it's a serious issue. We are beginning to understand what happens to these guys when they have more than one concussion, when they might have five or six concussions. You and I know ball players who have suffered uh, through this situation, and now... We're beginning to see that it's a serious issue. Is Can somebody introduce something in Congress? Absolutely. Would it ever pass? I don't know. But you can see activity both at the state level and at the federal level that's going to come along because Dewerson, once again, has managed to focus everybody on this issue. You know, Lester, you bring up a good point about the uh, New York Times and three consecutive days of uh, running stories about head injuries. Here in Chicago with the Sun-Times, Rick Tellender has made this a cause. He wrote a uh, multi-part series about it. He's won awards for it. Uh, he has been ahead of the curve on this. If you take what Tellender has done and Alan Schwartz on the New York Times, they have campaigned really on this issue now for three years, almost four years, and something is going to have to give. I don't know how this is going to be part of the labor negotiations now going on, but it could well be. Something has to be done. Somebody has to study this in detail, and somebody has to tell us what's at stake here. I remember years ago, uh, Bill Gleason, God rest his soul, suggesting that a way to uh, uh, rectify head injuries and the use of sparing was to eliminate the face mask and go back to the old, uh, uh, the old days when there was, no, uh, there was no birdcage for these guys. Troy Aikman advocates that. Would that make a legitimate difference, in your opinion? I think it might make a difference. Um, th- there are people now who are studying the helmet, are players better off with or without a helmet? Uh, somebody looked at lacrosse injuries where people bang into each other uh, in a major way. They, they're not wearing these heavy-duty helmets. The helmet cannot become a weapon, and maybe uh, something has to give. The, the problem that I see is there's no solid scientific peer-reviewed research on this subject. You would think that somebody somewhere at some university would say, let's take a look at this. What is the helmet doing? Is it aggravating the situation? What is the face mask doing? Is it making everything worse? And we would have, in a culture like this, where there is such incredible technological advance, why haven't we seen an advance on this during the last 20 years? Do you find it kind of interesting that uh, in this year in which the National Football League so-called 
promoted player safety crackdown, levied heavy fines, that all of a sudden we're talking about uh, uh, a sport which, quite frankly, I do not believe will exist in its current form in 15 years. I, I think you're probably exactly right, Chet. The, uh, they did try to uh, – it was kind of a more of a PR effort than it was a medical mm-hmm. or a preventive medicine kind of effort. Well, the NFL is always about PR. Always about PR, and they did what they could to try – oh, we're concerned about these players, we're concerned about their head injuries, we're concerned about concussions. You and I know wh- what the value of that is. Even in the face of all this, Duerson now changes the entire picture. It's a whole new issue made much more dramatic. Imagine what will happen if six months from now his brain has been studied by these neuroscientists and they come up with some indication that he has this encephalopathy that Mm -hmm. contributed to his suicide. Here's a guy, a talented guy. You and I both knew him well here in Chicago. Um, A talented guy, could have been probably a great leader of the Players Union at one point, had a nice business going at one point, although it failed was uh, a leader at Notre Dame up to a point. I mean, here was a guy who had great potential, and and now we've lost him. Uh, Different venue. National Football League club owners, players right now, meeting in front uh, of an individual, trying to uh, bring the parties together. We should explain, this is not mediation, regardless of what transpires between the players and uh, the owners. This is not arbitration. No one has to... uh, uh, submit. There will be no judgments made. This is just an opportunity to try to break uh, additional common ground between the rival parties. This is a mediation process. The guy who is the mediator is a man named George Cohen. He is the chief of the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service. He's a guy who has worked his way up to that job over the years. A mediator is somebody who is trained and who is experienced in trying to find a way to resolve a dispute without, in this case, a lockout, without litigation, without the dispute becoming worse than it is. And what they do is they get everybody together, and the mediator will gather information from both sides. He will ask them question after question after question. To be a mediator, you have to have infinite patience and If somebody doesn't want to answer the question, you ask them again. And you try to extract every piece of information you can. You put it all together. You see if there are some portion of common ground where you can begin to put a settlement together. They've been working at this now for hours, probably close to 40 hours. And maybe he can come up with an idea that neither side has considered, and it would be the beginning of the settlement I think it's unlikely because both sides have prepared for this lockout in major detailed ways. They, they have thought, they, I think, of everything, so there's probably nothing new. But mediation, as you suggest, it's a voluntary process. It's a way to seek a compromise. It's not a way to seek a decision on the issues. I just don't believe in union solidarity. I don't believe the NFLPA will go more than uh, a few months I can't imagine the NFLPA going beyond August 15th without buckling. It's going to be hard to keep all... There There are so many players. There are so many players who absolutely need to play. They need the money. They have obligations. Uh, it's hard to imagine how they are going to stay together. Each team has three or four player representatives. There are a number of quarterbacks in that group. But uh, you can easily see somebody say, wait a minute. I want to play. 
let's take whatever they have on the table. I want to play this season. I want to get my game checks. I want to support my family. I want to have my career advance during the season. During the NHL lockout, we saw a number of players who drifted away from the union during the lockout up to the point where the union finally went into total collapse after losing Mm -hmm. an entire season. And I, I think it could... Hockey players did not drift away as quickly as football players will because a lot of hockey players could go to Europe and play. We don't have that alternative for football players. So they are going to be facing a personal crisis. How are they going to react? Can the union leadership, D. Smith and all the other people, can they keep them together? It's going to be tough. If you were the mediator in this case, what would you offer up as a beginning to settle this issue? What I would do first is I would try to find out whether the owners uh, are willing to stay with a 16-game season. If you could get the owners to commit to the 16-game season, then you go to the players and you say, okay, in return for that, we now have to do something on the players' share of the revenue. Instead of 60 or 61%, can we take a look at... 58%. And then you do Mm -hmm. some calculations and you show that as the league grows, the 58% is still a lot of money for the players and that their salaries on average would go up every year. And within three or four years, they'd have an average salary of $2 million. But you have to work with, first, you got to get the season structure, the 16 or 18 games out of the way. Then you can address the economic issues. And I think if, if they... Maybe there's a way to settle on that basis. What do the owners really want besides 18 games and a rookie salary cap? They want they want to take back a big chunk of the sharing of revenue. When they settled in 2006... They got their heads handed to them. Yeah, Tagliabue went too far to make an accommodation with Gene Upshaw. Both of those guys are gone. Now everybody says... Upshaw outsmarted him. He snookered the owners. And the owners think they need to get a billion back from the players. And But, but interestingly, the league is growing so fast, it's going to be a 10 or $11 billion enterprise. So maybe a billion dollars changing sides is not that big a deal. But the, right now, the players are not willing to give back anything. I can see why, because they had to work so hard to get it. The owners need to have something back, and and it's not on the table. He is a master at covering the smoke-filled rooms. He is Lester Munson, ESPN. I'm Chad Kovic. This, of course, has been Sports Court, brought to you by the marvelous people at American Taxi. You folks in Chicago-area suburbs, when you need that uh, vehicle for a ride to O'Hare, Midway, whatever the case may be, remember, the courtesy, comfort, reliability, and fair price of John Coyne's American Taxi is always the way to go. We'll catch you again in seven days. For Lester, I'm Kopic. Take care, everybody. So long.